This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another season of the preview show brought to you by the None and Never podcast. Guys, it's another season. We are so excited. And let's be honest, it's not the season that we hoped it would be. We are not previewing Premier League football. We are unfortunately previewing Championship football. But you know what? That is fine, listeners. We have got a new chapter starting. We have got, my goodness, and definitely a new squad to um, preview. But look on the bright side, you've all heard about Premier League teams for the past God knows how many seasons. The benefits of a championship season means we've got a whole host of new teams that we can look at for you. The preview show team will be with you again for the whole of the season, looking ahead at our fixtures. Um, But to kick us off this season, we've got a slightly different look and slightly different feel of the preview show. I am, of course, your host, Natalie Bromley, but joining me this week is known and never analysis member and chairman of the Clarets Trust, George Poole. George, you're not Statman Dave. I know, it feels odd. I feel, I feel I've got um, imposter syndrome. <laughs> I, think might, I think it might be my first time, or I think not, it's my second time on the previous show. I've been on once. I've been on once before, so That's I've been correct. brought back for a return. <laughs> that is correct. Well, listeners, fear not, Statman Dave will be with us. And in fact, he will be with us in this episode. Um, it's just with the EFL starting earlier. How rude. Um, we've got a bit of a crossover with everybody being on holiday and it does feel very, very early to be uh, starting a season. Obviously, we've got the Qatar World Cup and just general um, disruption to our routine. So what we've done this week is that Dave has provided us with a few of your favourite stats that you love to see. Um, and George and I are going to fill in the bits. So let's uh, let's get going, George. We are, of course, going to start with a quiz answer. Now, for listeners who have not yet listened to Dave Statman Dave's big summer quiz I do recommend that you uh, download that episode and have a look it's not too long but it's uh, it's got I think it was 15 questions all super super hard they were allowed to use Google and we had some of our regular listeners who all competed to be crowned Dave's uh, summer quiz champions we did unveil a champion was it Adam Pope our existing Portmaster champion or was it somebody taking his crown go straight to iTunes or your favourite podcast provider and go and find out. 
Now, George, at the end of that quiz, we asked our listeners a bonus question to get them ready for the new season. And it was all linked to the goal difference in Premier League matches. I think the stat that Dave sent out was that the overall goal difference in Premier League matches throughout Burnley's entire run in the Premier League was minus 155. I think that was one of the tiebreaker questions, actually. Um, one of our listeners, I think it might have even been Adam, actually, who said, what was the difference when it was split between the big six and all other teams? Of course, the rationale being that you would fully expect that the vast majority of those calls were conceded against the top six. So if we conceded 155, not conceded, if our goal distance was minus 155, George, how many of those do you think were against? Like, what do you think the split is between the traditional top six and everybody else? So I'm gonna, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna try and I feel like I'm being bluffed here, and I think I'm being <laughs> dragged in. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go rogue and think. Well, actually, it's not gonna be what I'd expect because I'd, if just going off the cuff, I'd say, oh well, maybe without the big six, it'd be minus seventy. You know, something really not, not too bad at all. But I'm yeah. gonna say. But I'm going to say, actually, we we conceded quite a few goals against teams that weren't the big six. And there was them games. We used to throw in games against so-called rubbish teams all the time and we'd be really annoyed. Whereas for a good few seasons, we'd hold our own against all the big, big six except City. So I'm going to say without the big six, it's still a minus 100 goal difference. Oh, you fell for my trap, George. That is absolutely oh, no. gorgeous. It is exactly what we expected it would be. Unbelievable stats here. So the goal difference when you just take into account the big six was minus 137. So actually, if you remove the big six sides, our goal difference for our entire Premier League history against everybody else was only minus 18. That's crazy. That I can't believe you duped me into that. Okay. You, you sat there and you watched me explaining my entire <laughs> answer. It was like, it was like you're, you're sat over the shoulder of someone doing the maths GCSE and they have to show you're working. And right from the first line, they've been doing it wrong, but you've just watched them. And then at, at the end, just giving them a fail. George, how long have we worked together now? How, how did you fall for I want to say four years. I know. Yeah, exactly. It's because it's, it's, it's early morning. It is. It's early morning. I've not had breakfast. <laughs> All of our regular listeners will be listening to you falling into that trap and saying to their radio, George, no, no, she's got you. She's got you. Uh, well, yes, do, um, if you got that, then that's very impressive. But I think most people, apart from George, uh, realise that that would be that split. Um, you do not need to wait very long, listeners, for a new quiz question. You only need to wait until the end of this episode because this year we will once again be testing your brains with Clarence knowledge. So stay tuned, keep listening, and we will deliver you this week's question. In the meantime, George, let's get straight onto it then, because we are here for a reason. We are here to preview the first of our new fixtures. It is, of course, Huddersfield away from home. It is this Friday, the 29th of July, and it is, is it eight o'clock kickoff, I think it is, and we are away from home. Um, sellout crowd of Clarets travelling down to Huddersfield, which is fantastic to see. Um, also, George, I've got a very quick pause before we do go on to the preview. Um, did you see the stats this week? 14,000 season tickets sold. Yeah, it's impressive, isn't it? I think isn't it tells it? the tale of... It tells the tale of there's actual... Uh, as you, you sort of inferred at the start of the episode, there's real excitement. Mm -hmm. Not just going into the championship and hopefully winning more games than, than we'll then we'll lose but also it's a complete refresh completely new players completely manager who knows which way it will go but either way it'll be very interesting 
And yeah, impressive, 14,000. So I, I saw the stat, uh, I think Will, Lan Will Lancaster put, so 14,000 that we sold season tickets. That's more than Blackburn had in attendance in the home crowd for 14 <laughs> of their home games last season. Yeah. So, uh, Tell me something we are that doesn't it. surprise me. You know, that doesn't surprise me. They're, they're small time. Um, but I think, I think you're right, George. I think there is a general feeling of excitement and people wanting to um, have, you know, have that particular excitement and that new chapter. But also there's a recognition that we've been here before and Claret's fans will be there on mass, whether we're in the conference, League One North, or the Premier League, we will still be there. So, um, but I, I am very, very pleased to see the fans throw the weight behind VK and the staff this season. So, well done, all of you. Um, anyway, let's throw over to Dave because we are now going to get a few bits of stats from our resident stat man, and he is bringing back two of our regular and important sections. First of all, championship head-to-head. -head. We're going to have a look at the matches that. Burnley and Huddersfield have played and also memory match now I suspect that memory match is going to be a little bit tricky given the date but I'm going to throw over to Dave to talk through those two sections Championship head-to-head -head. this season we're going to look back at past matches at this level against each opponent that includes recent championship matches but we'll also be going further back in time to take into account all second-tier matches, including those from the old second division days. Huddersfield Town and Burnley have spent eight seasons together in the second tier, and Burnley have a very good record of four wins, one draw and just three defeats in the away games. That 50% win ratio will be one of the very best on our travels against this season's opponents, as our overall win ratio away from home is nearer to 20% or 1 in 5 on average. Prior to the First World War, the team spent three seasons together in the second division. Burnley won the first of those, 1-0 in September 1910. Uh, that was thanks to a goal from Billy Lomas. Uh, the match was the first league game played at Huddersfield Town's Leeds Road Ground and was also the first season Burnley had worn claret and blue shirts. The following season, 1911-12, the match at Huddersfield in December 1911, finished as a 1-1 draw. The home side took the lead through Andy Armour, but Tommy Boyle scored Burnley's equaliser. The last of this trio of matches was in February of 1913, and ended in a 1-0 Burnley defeat. The only goal of the game was an 82nd-minute penalty, which was scored by Fred Fayers. We then had quite a wait until the two teams met again in the second tier, although there were many memorable top-flight matches and cup meetings in the intervening period. In season 1972-73, Burnley visited Leeds Road in mid-April, and it was a game to remember for Burnley who were riding high at the top of the second division. The Clarets won 2-0 thanks to second-half goals from Frank Casper and Paul Fletcher. That was another excellent win on the way to the second division title and a return to the top flight. That's four of our eight previous second tier games at Huddersfield taken care of, but the next one in September 2000, which was another Burnley win, is being kept back as this week's memory match, so we'll come back to that soon. The remaining three games, which we're going to mention, were in more recent times. In 2012, there was an early season trip across the Pennines to face Huddersfield in late August, and that ended in a 2-0 win to the Terriers, who won with goals from Joel Lynch and Jordan Rhodes. 
In November 2013, two goals in five second-half minutes from Burnley-born Oliver Norwood and another from James Vaughan's penalty gave the home side a 2-0 lead. And although Burnley pulled one back through Danny Ings, the travelling Clarets fans endured another defeat. But there was better news in our most, most recent away trip at this level, which was in March 2016. All the goals were scored in the first half, as Stephen Ward and Sam Votes gave Burnley a 2-0 lead. And although Joe Lolly pulled one back for the home side before the break, there was still time for Ben Mee to find the net with one of his trademark headers to make it 3-1. And the score stayed that way for another valuable three points on the road, in an unbeaten run which had started way back in December and would continue until the end of the season. As you'll probably recall, Burnley finished that season, 2015-16, 23 undefeated and putting six consecutive seasons in the Premier League to one side, we'll be hoping to extend our run at this level with a positive result in the opening match of this new campaign. If so, will we hear chants of 24 undefeated from the travelling Clarets fans on Friday evening? Memory Match under Stan Turnant, Burnley had finished runners-up to Preston North End in Division 2 in 1999-2000, which meant automatic promotion and a return to the second tier, that was Division 1, for the 2000-2001 season. Hopes were high that the Clarets could at least maintain their status this time, after the disappointment of a single-season stay on the last occasion in 1994-95, which ended with an immediate relegation. After a reasonably good start to the season, which would include an opening day draw at Bolton, an away win against Crystal Palace at Sellers Park, and a couple of away defeats at Wolves and Fulham, there was a strong away following for this match in late September. Almost 4,000 travelling Clarets fans visited the McAlpine, as they were the sponsors of the relatively new Kirkley Stadium, which had opened in 1994, with former Claret Paul Fletcher involved in the construction project. Prior to kick-off, news had filtered through that regular goalkeeper Paul Crichton was delayed in traffic, and so Stan Turnant decided to give a league start to Greek goalkeeper Nick Mikopoulos, who had played one previous game in the League Cup the previous week against Crystal Palace. The Greek stopper became a cult hero that day, with a magnificent performance that helped to ensure that Burnley kept a clean sheet. He made a string of spectacular saves, many of them in front of the visiting fans, who had packed the south stand that day. At the other end, it was a breakaway move in the 17th minute, which resulted in the only goal of the game. Glenn Little tricked his way past a couple of players and advanced and played a long raking pass to Andy Cook. He pushed the ball through for Mickey Mellon, who set up Andy Payton, who had stayed on side to tap home the winner. A nervous glance towards the linesman did not result in a flag, and the goal stood. Although this action was at the opposite end of the ground, the mass of Clarets fans went ecstatic, and the scenes were even more joyous at the final whistle when the memorable away victory was confirmed. What we wouldn't give for the same again this time. Oh, Statman Dave George, he's back. I did miss him this summer. I do. Uh, I'm very excited to see what he does for us this season, and I know that he, he's keen to freshen up the previous show a little bit and give us some new stats. But it is still, it's still lovely to hear the old favourites. Um, one of those old favourites is something that he hasn't pre-recorded, but he has sent us some details of. And I think 
for those of you who don't follow Dave on Twitter, we would definitely recommend it because he tweets out some absolute gems. Um, another section that we tend to look at in the first half of the season is those players who played for both. Now, as it turns out, George, we've got quite a few players who have made appearances for both the Clarets and the Terriers of Huddersfield Terriers. They are indeed. Yes, that was that. I, I doubted myself for a brief moment there. Uh, just looking through Dave's tweet, Dave. Uh, sorry, I, I can't do that. I am definitely going to call you Dave all the way through the show because I'm used to speaking to Dave. George, talk us through some of these stats that uh, Dave has put through for played for both. There's some gems on here. There really are. I mean, I think there's, there's I think there's 32 players in total who've represented Huddersfield and Burnley since uh, World War Two. And obviously, at the age of the grand old age of twenty-one now, the names I'm going to pick out the hat are obviously players <laughs> that I've seen, I've seen in my lifetime, and, and that I've that I've really enjoyed playing, uh, watching. I mean, you look at going back to around two thousand eight, Yoey Good Johnson, what a player he was. Him. Yeah, that he free was kick great. against Preston was yes. unbelievable. And I think the standout name in recent time is obviously Scott Arfield. I think he he played for Huddersfield for quite quite a while, a couple of seasons or so. Did okay, but got released and was a free agent. And um, well, actually, funnily enough, yesterday when Sean Dice came to the Royal Dice, which was a, a really good event, and he did a Q and A with everyone. People were asking, "Oh, who's your, who's your best? Who's the best player you signed for Burnley?" And straight away, he went to that first from a window and went with you know David Jones, Tom Heaton, and Scott Arfield. Oh wow! And he said, "When he, and and when he came into Burnley, the player that he was like, yeah, we've we've just got to get him. There's no questions asked." Was Scott Arfield as a free agent? And I mean, what what a, what a he signing was. he was! Yeah, never... and, he's, and he's still going. He's still still a terrific player at Rangers. Yeah, he really is. And I was thinking this the other day. I saw when I was over in I spent the Easter in Dublin and Rangers. I think there was a big game. It, it was probably even the Old Firm derby actually. And Arfield was playing. And I, I said I said to Mister B at the same time. I was like, I still to this day cannot understand how Scott Arfield did not get in the Scottish national side. That that's ridiculous. It's bonkers, isn't it? And he had to change to he had to change his uh, nationality to Canadian. Yeah, like what <laughs> nonsense? Yeah. Um, there's there's a few other teams. Obviously, I'm going to let our listeners go and have a look at this themselves. But obviously, for the slightly older generation of our Clarets, Andy Payton, Ronnie Jepson, oh, Ronnie Jepson, Ronnie's gonna get you. Andy Payton, Paul Barnes, there's some really great. I, I hadn't realised actually that. Um, Sorry, Lucas Jukovic. I'm just looking at the bottom of there. He played for both as well. Um, and for our really old listeners, so I'm certainly looking at, um, at, at obviously some of our some of our regulars. John Robertson, I'm pretty sure, will remember the old days of Alan Brown and Bill Hayes and Brian O'Neill and Steve Kindon because, you know, some of our really ancient uh, our fans will know that. So, yes, listeners, go and, have a, go and have a look at Dave's tweet because there is an absolute fantastic trip down memory lane to have a look at those players who played for both. I think one of those which that stands out for me is um, a disappointing one is Naki Wells. I mean, he played mm. for Huddersfield 144 times and he was one of the best <laughs> players in the championship for years. Now, we paid five yeah. million for him, five million on deadline day, and we got a total of 10 appearances for Burnley throughout his time at the club, which is remarkably yeah. low, but it was a disappointment. It was, and it, but I don't, I don't really know what ever happened with Naki Wells because... I don't know whether it was just Dash didn't want to play him or whether he just didn't pull his weight in training or whether he didn't take his chances, but it was genuinely very, very confusing. But, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see where that one leads. Uh, listeners, have a look through the played football section and do tweet us your uh, comments and, I guess, 
memories about those players. We would love to hear them. Um, we're going to take a break in the middle of this preview show now to bring you our opposition view, because as you know, we do like to bring you other views of our listeners, not just uh, views to our listeners, not just our voices talking about our opposition. Uh, this week, we are joined by Takes That Chance, who gave us their view of the game. Hi there, I'm Matt Shaw and I'm the host of the Huddersfield Town podcast, Anti Takes That Chance. So a big hello to you guys at No Near Never and, and to the Burnley fans who listen. Uh, it's only eight weeks since Huddersfield Town were royally shafted by John Moss and co uh, with the assistance of VAR in front of millions of witnesses, but it's only Huddersfield Town, right? So no one cares in a world where elitism is king. So I'm sure you guys can relate to that uh, to some extent. Uh, losing the playoffs is, is never fun because everyone then comes for your best players. Um, we've lost Louis O'Brien, Harry Toffolo, Pippa, Loney's, Levi Colwell and Dan Elsonani. Uh, but we've got good succession planning at Huddersfield. So we're excited to see what the likes of Yuta Nakayama, David Kasumu and Jack Radoni can bring to the table. And we've also kept last season's championship keeper of the year in Lee Nichols and Welsh international Sorba Thomas. So I think predictions of our demise uh, elsewhere have maybe been a little bit exaggerated. Uh, losing Carlos Corbran, though, was a blow. Uh, the fallout hasn't really been disclosed, and there are a number of theories abound. Uh, 50% of the management team has left, but 50% have stayed, with Danny Schofield now heading that. Uh, so I guess we're about to find out, really, who, who the tactical genius was for last season, and hopefully the set-piece coaches remained, as that was a huge source of goals for us last year. With regards to Friday, Huddersfield have been shaping up in a 4-2-3-1 for most of pre-season, which seems to transition into a 4-4-2 out of possession to uh, press opposition defences quite high. Uh, but last season, our strength was the ability to switch systems fl- fluidly throughout games. So formation hasn't really been a big focal point for us. We've seen 3-5-2, 3-4-3, 4-4-2, 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3. Whatever you can think of, we've switched to it at some point last year. So uh, I'm sure during the game on Friday, we'll be moving about all over the place as, as what we have done for the last couple of years. Uh, the side for Friday, I would expect to be Lee Nichols, Turton, Lees, Edmonds, Green, Ruffles, Russell Hogg, Thomas Holmes, Karoma and Danny Ward. Um, Matty Pearson looks to have picked up another knee injury in preseason, which will probably keep him out. And I suspect that the likes of Nakayama, Andrin and Radoni will be moved into the side gently. So I don't think uh, this week we'll... Um, We'll be uh, we'll see them in the starting lineup, but maybe from the bench. Uh, I'll go for a one-all draw. Uh, both sides having a bit of a turnover in players, so I'm expecting a bit of a bitty game. But uh, overall, a good season for you guys and a steady one for us. So all the best, and uh, I'll catch up with you later in the season. Okay, let's round off then our preview of the Huddersfield game. Um, George, just a very quick bit of information. Dave usually does give this out to our listeners, but I think he sent it for me to do. Um, We've got a whole new wave of referees. This is going to be very strange. It's going to be quite refreshing, actually, not to have the terrible standard of um, Premier League refereeing, but I'm a little bit concerned that it might be even worse than the AFL, but we'll see where it goes. Um, This week's referee is Huddersfield Town fan Bobby Maidley. Oh, Dave's put a just kidding in my script. Oh, listeners, he's not even present and he's still trying to trip me up with his little jokes in my script. We're just kidding. The referee on Friday is James Linnington from the Isle of Wight, and this will be his first ever Burnley match. Uh-oh, Jay. Uh-oh. This is going to be, James, don't do it. Don't be, don't, don't be throwing us some curveballs. Um, 
do you, I, I guess from a refereeing perspective, George, it can't get any worse than the, the Premier League, surely. It's been terrible in that league for such a long time. Well, you say that, but you've got to think, if, if the, te- the standard of Premier League refereeing has been terrible, and yet they're still apparently the cream of the crop in this country in terms of refereeing. So we've gone down the division and I'm slightly concerned it is going to be unfortunately worse. But, Natalie, I've literally only thought about this now for the first time. Uh-oh. No VAR. No VAR this season. No VAR. Oh. Do you know what? That had genuinely slipped my mind as well. Yeah, so that's going to be really interesting. It's going to be like going back in time. <sighs> How do we feel about that? I mean, I'm used to VAR and I'm, I'm all right with VAR. I mean, I think, it, I think it needs to be a lot better and I don't like some of the offside decisions, but I do miss those days of just actually being able to jump up and celebrate a goal without suddenly looking around to see if it's being checked. I, I've gotten, personally, I've gotten used to just, I celebrate the goal when it goes in like I don't I don't give it a thought or it might be dis- disallowed and then you almost get a second little celebration if it's if it's then goal confirmed but I think Never for me like, like 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 you say they 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 are well, I'm struggling to say that but I, <laughs> I do I'm a, I'm I'm a fan of it because there are decisions which are wrong decisions and you afterwards you think oh I'm glad that got overturned and I think there'll be a few occasions this season where we'll be ruin not having VAR uh, yeah, able to interject. Right. So. But yeah, it could be interesting and I think it'll only be a couple of seasons before it's brought into the championship. You oh, suspect. yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just money. That's the only thing that's doing it at the moment. And I think the problem is is that a lot of the championship sides just can't afford to be able to implement and manage those things. So yeah, I think, I think that's the problem. Um, turning to the game itself then, George, how are we feeling? New season, new start, new look team, got no idea what formation we're going to be playing and who's going to be playing where. But we've got a really positive, excitable manager who's determined to progress the club. What, what do you think our start's going to be? Well, I'll, t- I'll, tell you the, I'll tell you what the start of a Thursday morning is going to be. We've just announced the signing of Brazilian right-back Vitinho from Cirque, Cirque Bruges. Uh, undisclosed fee, four-year deal, player company tracked when Andalect it's just broke uh, wow. through Andy Jones of The Athletic. So... I can't see him being involved at Huddersfield, but that's one to keep an eye on going forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, Where does but as for Huddersfield, right he's back. a right-back. Yeah. It's... Okay. No, do you know what? Right-back out of the whole defence is our weakest area. I mean, obviously, Bardley's got, Bardley has gone. Love Matt Lawton, but he needs to be second choice now, not first. So that's quite an exciting... That is an exciting sign. Yeah, I think... I'd, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's an exciting sign, and I think this probably spells Lawton going to third choice, which I think is a shame. But Who's I still, like, I really like Lawton because Connor Roberts. Remember Connor Roberts? Oh, of course. Oh my start, God! How did I forget yeah. about Connor Roberts? Do you know what? There's been that many players that have gone, particularly from defence. I've genuinely forgotten who we've got left in. Connor Roberts. Yeah. I, I know all of our players clearly listen to the preview show, so I, I apologise in advance for forgetting about you. So sorry. Carry on, George. <laughs> But as for Huddersfield, I mean, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? And I, I too, am quite excited about this season. But that being said, I think the noise coming out of companies' interviews is very much this is going to be a tricky start. Like this is this is going to take time to get all these players gelled together. So I'm, I'm not going into the first few months of the season with much optimism, and I think we'll be much better during the second half of the season. That being said, it's one of those. If we go to Huddersfield, it clicks. It works. It could be like when we played um, Chelsea in 2017, we won 3-2 and then the season just 
unraveled from there and we had an incredible season and finished seventh and all the players and Dash always refer back to, well, that momentum we got from the Chelsea game. So, you know, if we went to Huddersfield, put in a good performance and won, at what, what is a tough opposition, I think it would really, really set a platform to build from. But I don't think we can go in with two grand expectations. No, but then equally at the same time, George, you don't have to go flying out the blocks in the championship. The championship, the first half of the championship has always been just a steady away season. It's never been, you know, it's not won at the beginning. It's not as important as it is in the Premier League to get those early points on the board. You know, look at this, look at the season that we were last in the Premier in the championship when we won it. On the Boxing Day fixture away at Wolves when we got absolutely at Hull, sorry, not Wolves, when we got absolutely hammered. We were seven points clear of, of, was it the top? We were out of the promotion prospects. We were out of the playoff places and we went on to win the championship. So the, the championship doesn't necessarily start to get formed properly until the second half of the season. And indeed, really early, early leaders and favourites for promotion can end up getting, you know, missing out towards the end of the season. So let's, let's not worry. Um, Hugely excited about the signings that we've brought in. I, I understand, I get it. I know we're going from a very experienced, very strong defence to an untested defence. But equally, George, look at that midfield and look, I, I think still think we need another striker. I don't think Twine's going to be enough. Um, I, I'm excited to see Twine and, and Jay play together. But look at that midfield that we've now got. Like, we could easily just defend from midfield and just not worry about bringing in another striker it's going to be and one of the things we've got to be excited about for the Huddersfield game is we have no idea what this team's going to be like I think if we're looking into it I think it's going to be a 4-2-2-2 and I think I've said the right amount of twos this time so it's going to be a four-man midfield but but all 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 four of those midfielders are are going to play central centrally and you're going to have the full-backs bombing on so you've got the so it, it offers you the chance to play Cullen, Bastian, Brownell, Cork. You know, <gasps> I, pers- that midfield pers- amazing. That that'd be it'd be it, it would be superb if they got hit the ground running. And just listening to Brownell's press conference from yesterday, he talked about the change of style, the just keeping possession, getting your foot on the ball, really dominating that midfield area. And I think if you got four centre mids in there, who were like who were those players, I think you'd be I think you'd be the envy of the championship of, of many yeah. teams. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see how that midfield operates. And like you say, Scott Twine is one of those players which all like reputable journalists and people who've watched League One and Rich who's watched him in League One as well, they're all really excited about him. And he seems a goal scorer. Yeah, no, I definitely, definitely, um, I definitely agree. Um, Quick score prediction then for me, please, George. (sighs) I'm going to I'm going to go with two 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 all. I think the defense will still be a bit shaky to start with it's inexperienced it's they've not played together that often but I do think we'll play some nice football and I think it'll be one of those exciting nights under the lights two all. I'm going to be more positive than that. I think we're going to massively hit the ground running. And I think all of our concerns about losing players and dropping the division are going to be unfounded. I think we're going to realise that we are um, going to be a very strong team in quite a weak championship. 
I'm going to say Clarets win 3-1. Um, listeners, you know the drill by now. And for anybody who's listened to the previous show for the first time, you're about to be initiated into our prediction section. Uh, please drop us a line and let us, let us know what you think the score will be on Friday night. We're looking for score prediction. We're looking for goal scorer. And we are looking for how they score their goal. Header. Left foot, right foot, backside. We don't care. Let us know how you think the goal is going to go in. You can tweet us at known and ever. You can leave us a comment on our Facebook page, or you can email us at our dedicated email address, which is previewshow at knownandever.net. Um, before we move on to FPL details this season, we're going to leave you with Statman Dave's stats of the week. This is definitely not as exciting as it would be if Dave revealed it, but I did pester him and I did tell him that I wanted to leave our listeners a little present to start the season, which is our, of course, our stat of the week. Um, this week is, little drum roll, as well as being unbeaten in the last 23 matches at this level, which is since December 2015, Burnley have also lost only one of the last 24 championship matches, which is Leicester City home in March 2014, which were televised live in the UK. Obviously, a lot of that, George, is down to our 23-23 undefeated. Oh, I wonder if we'll sing that on Thursday. Does it count? Can you carry it over? Can we start singing 23 undefeated? 24. 24, 24. 24. <laughs> I think we that should. would be quite funny. That would be quite funny. I remember that Leicester <laughs> game that we lost on TV. Actually, yeah. I was doing. It was a public speaking final down in Wales. So we were we were sat there in the crowd just before I was due to go on stage, and we were watching it on the iPad on Sky Go. Uh, and yeah, unfortunately, we lost. And guess who scored that day? Do you remember? Christopher Wood. Oh, he scored for Leicester. Of course, he did. As yeah. soon as you, yeah, do you know what? Can we make that be the last mention that we ever have of that clown on any of the known and ever things? Because I'm, I'm falling out with him, so I don't want to talk about him. Um, so there you go. Yes, listeners, that then wraps up our preview of Huddersfield away. Enjoy the game. Okay, once again, listeners, we will be finishing off each preview show with a look at the highly competitive and much-loved known and ever fantasy football league. As we talked about in the summer, we are bringing um, our regular FPL expert, Adam Dennett, into the show. Um, We haven't yet kicked off, of course, but we asked Adam to share a little thoughts ahead of the coming season with the league and the cup. And we'll hand over to him. Hi, Adam here, bringing you a no-name-ever fantasy Premier League preview. Firstly, for anyone who's not been involved before, you can find the game at fantasy.premierleague.com or you can download the Fantasy Premier League app. All rules and regulations are on there, but I'm going to run you through some of the basics of the game as well as some, as well as some of my early thoughts for the upcoming season that starts the week after Burnley, hopefully just for this year on Friday the 5th of August. Once you pick your squad and team name, then you can join the much-loved No Name Ever uh, League by selecting League and Cups menu and entering the code 96N4JK, all in lowercase. Uh, if you've been in the league last year, then you should be able to also join, um, but it's worth double-checking. As always, there are four chips available, bench boost, triple captain and free uh, free hit and then wild card at which you get two. Uh, it is important to remember that you must use one of the wild cards before the game week 16 deadline um, as we break for the World Cup. The wild card is your most valuable chip and allows you, allows you to make as many transfers as you want in a single game week. 
the World Cup is a quirk this season. Uh, and FPL have done the sensible thing and allowed free transfers before the game week 17 restart on Boxing Day. The other chips, bench boost, triple captain and free hit are all best used later in the season as you get into periods of the blank and double game weeks. These are caused by teams entering the latter stages of cup competitions. When setting up a team for the start of the season, it's wise to know who's been playing well in the pre-season games, especially in the final couple of rounds of friendlies before the season kicks off, as you'll get a good idea of who's likely to be starting and hitting the ground running. It's always uh, it's also a good idea to target teams with an easy run of fixtures to, at the start of the season. Uh, teams that stick out this year are Arsenal, Liverpool and Man City. Obviously, you can't fill your team with all the big hitters, so you'll need some cheap enablers. Um, but with the lack of rotation at the start of the season and the five sub rule, um, meaning your starters are more likely to get game time, you can probably afford to have a cheap bench to start the campaign. All you need is people that are going to play uh, play some minutes if required. Standard options that fall into that category look to be Nico Williams at Forest as a four million defender, and Andreas Pereira from Fulham and Leon Bailey at Villa as sub five million attacking midfielders. Out of the premium options of Sun, Salah, KDB, Kane and Haaland, you've probably got to pick your two favourites and build your team around them. I've got Salah and Kane in my current draft and I really can't stand the worry of being no Salah to start the season. Um, although Diaz uh, Liverpool does come in £5 million cheaper and showed um, some like real um, form towards the end of the last campaign. When I've tried squeezing three premiums into my team, it's been difficult to get a balanced side and you can only captain one of them anywhere. There does seem to be some value at the big teams. Trent and Cancelo in defence could have been much higher than the 7.5 and 7 million price tags after stellar seasons and Rashford as a 6.5 million midfielder and Jesus as an £8 million forward seem like fantastic value. Premium goalkeepers are another dilemma this season. With 5.5 million price cap, Allison and Edison are cheap ways into premium defence. In past, I'd, in the past, I'd always go for a 4.5 million cheap starting goalkeeper and spread my funds uh, around elsewhere. But the way they've priced the keepers this year is definitely a tempter, and I'm currently on Mendy at Chelsea at 5 million. I'm going to be back with more FPL content as the season starts. And we'll bring you regular updates on how the No Name Never League is shaping up, including Manager of the Month prizes. Um, I'll also be bringing updates on the No Name Never Podcasters Mini League, which this year includes last year's No Name Never League and Cup winners, Luke Lambert and Lee Banks, taking us all on. Uh, but the big question is will Natalie do as she says and finally finish above Dave Statman Roberts this season? Doubtful, but we'll wait and see. Um, just a final reminder that the code for the league is 96N4JK, all in lowercase. We will be putting this out on social media too. Um, and all the best for the season. Up the Clarets. So for anybody who does want to join our FPL, I think those of you who've played before you should automatically be entered into the league. Um, for any new listeners or anybody who hasn't yet joined our FPL league and wants to give it a bash this year, then it is through the Premier League's official um, app. So you just need to go on there, create an account and set up a team and you need to enter our league. And the league ID that you need for that is 9696, small n, the number four, 
J for John, K for Kilo. I will repeat that because I made a bit of a hash of that. It's the number nine, the number six, small N for November, the number four, small J for John and small K for Kilo. Do join in. We had a record number of attendances last season and it was absolutely superb watching all of your progress throughout the season. And there is a prize for the winner. So do Join in. It'll be really fun. Um, George, are you joining again this year? And are you actually going to do anything with your team once you do? Uh, answer the first question. Yes, I will be joining. Second question. No, I will not be doing anything to my team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those players who will do it at the start of the season. I'll trust my gut instincts. I'll never touch it again. And I'll see I'll come out the other side. Now, I can tell you right now, I'm building my defence on Ben Me at Brentford and Tarkovsky. Though actually, maybe not Tarkovsky because Everton a bit naff, but I'm back in Brentford to be okay with Ben. Yeah, me too, actually. I think that's going to be... Will he start enough games, though? Is he going to be a starter for them? That's I think he has to be. I think he has to be, um, yeah, he has to be yeah. Good stuff. Well, um, it'd be really interesting to hear some of our current managers on what their early season strategy is. Um, what will probably not come as a surprise at all is that I have essentially just clicked auto-select on a team. And I do have some intentions to maybe tinker with that at some point. Can't promise that that won't be the exact team that I end with at the season. But do let us know how you're getting along. And like I say, get involved. It is a lot of fun. I'm going to hopefully bring you this season a lot more content regarding the FPL, some experts coming in, some fun games to play, and of course, some mini leagues to report on. So yeah, get involved. Um, finally then, George, we're going to leave our listeners with a quiz question for next week. Um, again, Dave has sat this for us. So get your pens and your thinking caps on. No Googling, no cheating. This is your quiz question for this week, please. Can you name the only Burnley player to be sent off in the eight previous second tier matches we have played at Huddersfield Town? Ooh, that's a tricky one. And I feel like there's a couple of clues in that question that you need to pay particular attention to. So I'm going to repeat it just to be clear. Can you name the only Burnley player to be sent off in the eight previous second tier matches we have played at Huddersfield Town. Send us your answers, please. You can send us via Twitter, but please do send us a DM. Don't put it on the thread because other people can see it. Um, you can uh, post it on our Facebook page. You can send us a message on Facebook or you can send us an email at previewshow at nonandever.net and we will reveal the answers in our next episode. So that is all we have time for this week. The analysis show team will be back on Tuesday, which we will be hopefully reporting on the season, getting off to a flying start. But we're going to have a look in depth at how some of our new boys performed and what we think the team is going to look like throughout the rest of the season. Um, we've obviously got quite a lot of new ground to cover. And then Dave and I will be back next week with the next preview show, which will be looking ahead to our game um, away home, sorry, our home tie at Luton Town on Saturday the 6th of August. Listeners, it is amazing to be back. Thank you all for your continued support. We can't wait to be with you this season again. Um, let's, let's, let's have a fantastic season. Let's have our best one yet. And let's look forward to a promotion winning season. My thanks as ever go to everybody who has helped get this preview show out there to um, Statman Dave, who has pulled together all of the stats and given up his time on holiday to do some pre-records for us. Thank you, Dave. Always appreciated. We're very, very lucky to have you. Um, to producer Matt, who had a role this week of 
herding the sheep, shall we say. He's on holiday himself, so I had to send me and George into the pen to try and sort this out between us. And he put a lot of faith in the ability of me and George to record this, edit it, and put it out there. So well done, that boy. Brave. Um, and of course, the biggest thanks this week go to my colleague, George Poole, for um, not only has he come on today to help us um, put out the previous show, but he's also editing this week as well um, for the first time. So his tech skills are being tested and put to good use. So thank you, George. It's been a pleasure. Um, final word from you, George, before we let our listeners go. Just enjoy Friday night, those, those of you who will be going. Unfortunately, I, I, I couldn't get tickets, so what we're doing is um, I'm, I'm going to a gig, so I'm recording the game and then avoiding all social media and coming back and watching it as live at midnight. So Lovely. fingers crossed, fingers crossed we've got a good result, otherwise I'll have wasted my time. I will very much look forward to your tweets um, at about two o'clock in the morning um, uh, when I wake up Saturday morning. Um, Listeners, it's been a pleasure as always. For those of you who are going to um, Huddersfield on Friday night, raise the roof and bring those three points home. Um, take care of yourselves, take care of others. I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the preview show brought to you by the Known and Never podcast. Until next time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.